Hi, my name is Janelle Engelstad, and welcome to the MAP Radio Hour, a Make Art with Purpose podcast. The MAP Radio Hour includes conversations with creatives, scientists, and other people addressing the intersection of cultural, political, and environmental concerns. You can find out more about MAP and our projects at makeartwithpurpose.net. by Sarah Cabbage. Sarah is an artist currently based in Seattle, Washington, who produces projects that are at the intersection of art, science, and community activism. And we're going to begin our conversation today by talking about Duwamish Revealed. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you, Janelle? I'm good. Yeah, so let's begin by talking about Duwamish Revealed. It was a project that you co-produced in the summer of 2015. And tell us what was the inspiration behind it and a little bit about the project. So Duwamish Revealed was produced in collaboration with myself and Nicole Kistler, who's another artist here, served as co-artistic directors, and we produced it in coalition with ECOS, the Environmental Coalition of South Seattle, which is an organization right along the Duwamish River, sort of working with industry and community along the river to bring about positive environmental change. And that was our mission. So the Duwamish is Seattle's only river. And in 2015, we produced Duwamish Revealed, which had about 40 site-specific art and performance projects and several different kind of large-scale community events all up and down the river at different sites, the goal of which was to get people more familiar with the river. And for folks that don't know Seattle and don't know the Duwamish, it's sort of invisible. And I, I've heard people say that only about half of Seattle's residents even know that there's a river in the city at all, which is kind of amazing to me. But the Duwamish used to be sort of this meandering estuary. And about 100 years ago, it was dredged and straightened and turned into an industrial waterway, destroying the native habitat and also destroying the ability of the Duwamish tribe to exist because it just, you know, took away their food sources and a lot of their land. So the Duwamish is currently designated a Superfund site. Uh, it is highly polluted because it was and is very heavily industrialized. Superfund site is an EPA designation that means it's one of the most polluted sites in the country, and so it's scheduled for cleanup and the river's been subjected to years and years and years of study now, probably about 15 years of study, and they finally have released a plan for the cleanup just in the last couple of years. Along the river, not only do we have industrial development, but neighborhoods that are sort of knitted into the industrial neighborhoods, and these are working class people in these neighborhoods 
they are sort of classic environmental justice neighborhoods. They um, plagued with not only industrial pollution, but the pollution of the river. The flight path goes right overhead. So these folks are very heavily burdened by the, the industrial nature of the river and have really fought and fought and fought for over like 20 years now to clean up the river and create a place for people and for you know, wildlife to, to exist, all the while having to recognize that, like, these are industrial jobs and they are good-paying, you know, blue-collar jobs. So that's sort of the story in a nutshell. Um, for Duwamish Revealed, we did a lot of work with, with these different communities, with the industrial businesses, just looking to use art to tell the story of the river. And so we had a call for artists and ended up with about like a hundred different artists and performers participating in the project. Many of them from the neighborhoods along the river. One of the things you mentioned was the impact of industry on uh, the First Peoples, uh, the Duwamish. And I know you had uh, some programming that actually uh, was included or featured uh, Coastal Salish tribes or cultures. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Everything we did in Duwamish Revealed was some sort of partnership in some way, like this project would not have come together if it weren't for this really strong network of partnerships that happened. We partnered with Welcome to Our Native Land, which was a Native cultural organization, and the Duwamish Longhouse primarily, to put on an event called Revealing Coast Salish Culture. All the projects we did started with us sort of asking our partners, what do you want to do? And then sort of just supporting them and giving them resources to be able to do that. So Revealing Coast Salish Cultures invited Native people from mostly from the Coast Salish region, but also like Plains Native people. Seattle's sort of a huge hub for, for Native people of many backgrounds. And we wanted to honor that. We had sort of a salmon dinner, a, can, a small canoe journey where we had several native canoes come up the Duwamish River and land right across the street from the Duwamish Longhouse at a park on the river. And they were formally welcomed by the Duwamish tribe. <laughs> So, growing up in Seattle, one of the things that I had a very strong awareness of and connection to was Native American culture. It was in public schools. We had field trips that went to different Native American museums and longhouses. 
we had opportunities as children and teenagers and young adults to connect with Native culture on many different levels. And I think that what was left out of that education was an understanding of how Native Americans were disenfranchised. And one of the things that is valuable about your project is you're actually working with Duwamish River's First Peoples to raise awareness around their culture to the larger city. This was a culture that was disenfranchised by the expansion of the city in ways that don't get told in the niceties of education, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And I think one of the things that that Nicole and I learned working on this with um, all these wonderful folks, which taught us so much, was just being able to present Duwamish culture and Coast Salish culture the way that, you know, should be presented. You know, it's about showing that, I mean, just like the river, you know, the people are still here. The cultures are still here. You know, they're not dead. They, you know, we, the white people haven't completely exterminated them. And in the mainstream narrative of native people, this country, like that's sort of it, right? Like it's over. There are no more native people. And I think in the past few years, there's been this wonderful counter narrative that's emerged that said, no, we are here. Our cultures are here and they are in fact very important and we should be learning from them. Yeah, I mean, we can certainly see that right now, how that even crosses over in uh, the social and political action at Standing Rock. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I think Standing Rock was huge in terms of, like, just getting people activated. I was just reading something this morning, um, an article by a Native woman at Standing Rock who was talking about just the fact that, like, Everybody was there together, and this sort of unified presence of Native people or, you know, Native-led advocacy and protest was huge. I mean, this was like the largest gathering of tribes in I don't know how long. These peoples continue to be dumped upon, and government and industry and corporations just feel that they have a right to um, their natural resources and whatever they need whenever they need it, but when it comes to services, they're not going to provide service, and I, I think one of the benefits of, of the activism around Standing Walk was just making people who are more liberally inclined more aware that of that everything is, you know, you, I think it was easy to be complacent. Yes. And so to move us, you know, out of our complacency and into a place of solidarity and allyship and action. Yeah, and I think, you know, even for people who might not be so liberally inclined to, you know, really see what's going on in the media. I mean, I don't know. I'm sort of in my little liberal bubble here, but like, you know, those, the images of 
you know, security dogs biting protesters, uh, water cannons in 30 degree weather, just all that stuff. It makes me think of like the civil rights era and just how much awakening can happen when you're just faced with that, like over cruelty of the, the powers that be. I hope it really changes people's minds. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Radio Hour is funded in part by the Lift Your Voice Advocacy Fund. Production by Matthew Horton, theme song and logo by Otto Huditz. I'm Janelle Engelstad. Thanks for listening. And visit the Make Art with Purpose website to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs>